If you have your Bibles, let's open them, please, for a few moments to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, Mark chapter number 4. And we're going to speak on the subject tonight, keep on sowing. Keep on sowing. What does that mean? We're not talking about seamstresses. This is not a message to seamstresses. And uh, how many ladies can sew? Can sew. And I mean more than just a button on a shirt. I mean... Uh, you would say, I could sew. I mean, I could do a hymn. I could. Uh, how many of you can't sew, but you know who to bring it to? Slip that hand up. Yeah, a lot of hands are going up. All right. And uh, so a lot of times, if I'm, if I'm texting, if you ever get a text from me, uh, I'm a real good speller, but oftentimes I'll try to use the wrong word just to mess with your mind. And so you may get a text from me, keep sewing the word, S-C-W-I-N-G, keep sewing the word. And... And some of you don't even know it's not proper spelling. That's the problem. But uh, Mark, Ch- who's a good speller? You're a good speller? I mean, you could, you could place in the spelling bees. Okay. How many of you? Terrible. Slip your hand up. It, 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 it's terrible. Good. It's good. Siri helps you word it. Isn't it good? Those voice texts. And so, so here we are. Mark chapter number. And let me look right here. I'm going to break the rule. Look at my phone. Just see what time it is. And good. All right. So here it is. Phone is right there. Here we go. Mark chapter number four. And let's look down, if you will, please, in verse number one. And some of you who've been to Israel, you would, you would, you would know where some of these things took place. And uh, so it says, Mark chapter four. And as he began to teach by the seaside, and oftentimes Jesus would be right there, the Sea of Galilee. They called it the Sea of Tiberias, uh, same place. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. He just kind of pulled away from shore. And when the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, he taught them many things by parables or stories. And said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And so uh, there were only so many popular employments at this time. Uh, almost, almost every family in Israel had what we would call a garden or a farm. They would have an olive tree to raise their own oil, which they would use for cooking, which they would use for medical reasons, uh, with, the, with the heat, uh, dry skin, their scalp. Uh, they would cook with it, uh, that sort of thing, probably dip their bread in it as well. And uh, so, so they had farmers, they had fishermen, Uh, They had uh, blacksmiths that would work with the metals. They had carpenters. That's what Jesus was. But Jesus is uh, looking out and they're seeing all the crops. Uh, They're seeing all the things that people have planted. And he said, behold, a sower went forth to sow. We're not going to go into the parable in detail. But this parable is mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I thought it was in John. It's only in three. But Jesus repeats it in every single gospel. Probably he repeated this sermon in every city he preached in. Didn't just give it once, probably in each locale where different groups were gathering. And of course, uh, he talks about the seed uh, falls on different types of ground, stony ground, and it, it sprang up, then wilted, and, and then it was uh, uh, ground with thorns, and then uh, ground that, uh, I'll forget, uh, stony, and then one with thorns, and Okay. What? 
Yeah, wayside. Yeah, I forgot that one. It bounced to the wayside and it was kind of the trail. It wasn't even a part of the farm. And then the last one fell on good ground. So don't get too deep into it. Well, which one was saved? That's not it. It's really talking about the response to the word of God. Now look here in verse 14. So Jesus explains the parable. He says, the sower soweth the word. And so what does that seed represent? It's the word. The word of God looks like a little thing, but it does big things. Uh, it looks like, oh, is that it? Oh, just the Bible. Oh, it's just, oh, all you got was a Bible for Christmas. It looks little, but it's big. What a big difference it makes in everyone's life. So we see this here. So we see in this parable, it is mentioned the sower. That's the person that's sowing the seed. And we could also say it represents the Holy Spirit because he's the one that works through us sowing the seed. And then we have the seed itself, which is the word of God, the sower. And then we got the seed and then we've got the soil. So that's where it all comes in, the soil. The sower is always good. God is always good at what he's doing. The seed is always good and powerful. It's potent. But it's the soil where the problem comes from. Sometimes we'll sow the seed of the word of God and it'll just be gobbled up. Someone will get saved just like that. Other times we'll sow the seed and it looks like it just bounces right off of them. You can teach a class and it just bounces right off them. You can talk to one of your kids and say, man, it's bouncing off. So every soil is different. So, so that's what he's kind of bringing out here. Uh, Terry, Terry Angel years ago encouraged me. He said, uh, he said, you ever preach at a youth conference where everyone gets saved, everyone gets right with God? I mean, things bust loose the first night. I said, yes. He said, then you ever preach that same message at another youth conference and nothing happens? I said, yes. He said, the sower's good. The seed is good. It's the soil. I said, Terry, you've encouraged me. Now, every time I preach a bad message and nothing happens, I can blame them. It's them. <laughs> it's the soil. I did a great job. And so here's Jesus' parable. Sower, seed, soil. Then with that in mind, let's look over to Galatians just for a moment. Galatians, as we talk about this thing, sowing. And now he introduces this, this word reaping. And so Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. And let's look down here for just a moment. And the message is pretty short. So just, just bear with me here. Galatians 6 and verse number 7. Paul is teaching this church. Notice what he says. Be not deceived. So that means it's possible we could be deceived about this truth, even if we're saved. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now I've got written in my Bible, good and bad. And so sometimes we read that verse and we think, well, there it is. You're going to reap what you sow. But that's a good thing if you're sowing in the right field and you're sowing good, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Sowing and reaping is a great thing. It just depends on what field and what you're sowing, you see. And so he says, don't be deceived. What's it mean? Deception is, I'm not going to reap this. So illustration, 
So here's, here's the field of the flesh. And I've uh, used this illustration before. Here's some seeds. So here's wicked seeds. Here's unkindness. Here's, uh, uh, here's cussing. Here's uh, drinking. Here's uh, 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 drug use or whatever it is. Here's meanness. Here's gossip. Uh, uh, any of the works of the flesh. So if I sow that, it's coming up. It's God's promise. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And that whatsoever means exactly what you sow. Uh, you're, you're mean to people when you drive. People will be mean to you. You, you talk about people behind their back, you're going to reap it. And by the way, when one seed is planted, more than one crop comes up. Uh, you plant one uh, uh, seed of corn, and, and it's all kind of corn cobs that come up, hundred, uh, uh, sometimes hundreds of more times. And so you always reap when you don't expect it. You reap more than what you sow. You're unkind to people, you're going to reap. People are going to be unkind to you. You gossip about others, people will gossip about, about you. Uh, uh, you uh, uh, you uh, lying cheat uh, to others, and they're going to lie and cheat to you. Uh, you steal from your job, you're going to have a job one day, they're going to steal from you. You reap exactly what you sow. So that's a bad thing if you don't live right. But it's also a good thing if you're sowing in the right field and you're sowing peace and joy, and love, and living for others, and being kind, and encouraging others. It, you always reap what you sow. Amen. You, if you're an encouraging person, you never have to wonder about, how am I going to make it through the tough times? You have tons of people encouraging you. Why? Because you reap what you sow. You've sown it, and sown it, it's going to come up. So exactly there. So life is simply sowing to this field, or sowing to that field, it's a principle, whatsoever. And deception is, I'm not going to reap that. And I just want to encourage you. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved, how long you've been serving the Lord, you start sowing to the field of the flesh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Don't be deceived. Well, I'll get away with it. No one will know. And uh, if it feels good, do it. And it's going to come up. Now, here's the tough thing. When we sow to this seed, uh, a field for a while, and then we get right with the Lord, guess what? Here's the, here's the bad thing. It's still coming up. Even though you're sowing in the right field, and you're sowing to the Spirit, and you're doing what you're supposed to, you're sowing the seed, that crop's still coming up. Don't be discouraged. It's a law. It has nothing to do with your relationship with the Lord right now, you sowed the seeds, they're coming up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. My dad reaped much of his life. He reaped, he reaped even past his life. Guilt, depression, sadness, he had sown a lot of seeds. And the crop was still coming up even when he died. When I met my half-sister for the first time, I said, well, Dad's still reaping. I hugged her, kissed her on the cheek. I said, you must be Tammy, my half-sister. She said, I believe I am. We were, Dad was still reaping. So let me encourage you. If you've been sowing to this field for, for years or your backslid, got away from the Lord, you've been sowing here, it's time to change fields and start sowing the seed of the Word of God. So we see a little further down, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that floweth to the spirit floweth, excuse me, 
thinking of our new well. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't be discouraged. For in due season we shall reap. And here's this promise. If we faint not. Boy, I love that a lot. Then with that in mind, turn back to Psalm 126, if you will, please. We're comparing Scripture with Scripture. This will be the last passage we look at. Here we are. I want to give you several uh, important truths about sowing, sowing the seed. So we have in Psalm 126, we have the nation of Israel was under captivity. Two major captivities. There was uh, Egypt. Then later on, there was Babylon. So we see in Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When we were free, man, I'm dreaming. I can't believe we're out of here. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, we had national captivity. We were captive to Egypt and you delivered us. It was like a dream. We were free. Then we were back in captivity under Nebuchadnezzar. And then you delivered us and we were free. Then he says this, now we're back under not national, but personal captivity, problems, trials, heartaches, setbacks, dark times, deep valleys. And David or whoever's writing this says, verse number five, they that sow in tears, famous verse, shall reap in joy. He says, keep on sowing, keep on sowing during the tough times. He that go, keep on going. Uh, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I want to give you several thoughts tonight concerning keep on sowing. Number one, the seed is powerful. The seed of God's word, this book, is powerful. It was the great Charles Spurgeon that outgrown their building. They were building the great Metropolitan Tabernacle. It's on the corner of Elephant and Castle Street. Next time you happen to drive to to London. Okay. I still remember one of our ladies asked Brother Benefield, how long does it take to drive to Cambodia? So, okay, moving right along. I'll tell you after the service who that woman was, all right? So, where are we? So, Spurgeon, the building was just about finished. And he was standing in that 5,000-seat auditorium. He wanted to test the acoustics. There was still a few men working and, and setting some glue lambs and build uh, 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 things in place. And Spurgeon stood up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He quoted the verse that John the Baptist said. One of the workers up in the balcony heard Spurgeon quote that short passage of Scripture, fell on his knees and gave his heart to Christ. I'm telling you, this word is powerful. The seed is potent. It could take, someone says, well, what about the different versions of the Bible? You could quote it, misquote it, even have a uh, changed version, but it's so potent people could still get saved just by hearing it. It was David Brainerd, missionary to the American Indians. He did not learn the Indian language 
So he paid an Indian who spoke English and the Indian dialect. And most of the time the Indian was drunk. But uh, 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 Brainerd uh, uh, paid him to, to translate his sermons while he was drunk. An Indian still got saved. But I'm telling you, if, just, if you were drunk, we'd get more done here. That's, that's what, no, no, I'm just kidding. It's powerful. It was uh, Curtis Hudson had that great church in Atlanta, Georgia area. And one Sunday, he had a lady walk the aisle. He said, ma'am, why have you come? She said, I got saved this week. He said, wonderful. She said, I'd like to get baptized. Good. He said, so who led you to Christ? And she said, you did. And he said, ma'am, I've never met you before. I'm sorry, I've never seen you before. It must not have been me. Oh, no, you led me to Christ. He said, well, I've never seen you before. She said, I know, I know, but you led me to Christ last Thursday. He said, well, how in the world could I lead you to Christ last Thursday? I've never even seen you. She said, were you at a hardware store last week? He said, yes, ma'am, but I didn't see you. She said, I know you didn't. Did you witness to a man in the aisle? Well, yes, I did, but it wasn't you. She said, I know, I was on the other aisle. And while you were witnessing to him, I was getting saved too. It's the seed. It is powerful. It is powerful. Oh, I think about a sermon. It was printed. One of the aged preachers, almost positive, it was uh, Spurgeon. And they took a page out of the newspaper and wrapped a package and mailed it to someone. The person before they opened their package unwrapped the wrapping carefully, the newspaper, it was Spurgeon's sermon. They read the words to the sermon and gave their heart to Christ. This seed is powerful. My brother forwarded me a, uh, uh, an email uh, years ago, and here's what it said. Tommy, you and Mike were probably the first ones to ever introduce me to Jesus Christ. I was born and raised Catholic. I never heard the gospel till you guys came to Astruma High School. Just want you to know, after I accepted Christ, I became a missionary to South America. I served the Lord there for decades, moved back to Florida, went into Christian education, and I just wanted to send you a long overdue thank you. Sometimes you never know. You witness and you sow the seed and you don't see the crop, but it's powerful. It keeps coming up. I was looking through the internet uh, this week at all the stories of the chick tracks. Remember those little comic book tracks? And uh, man, I love that. This is your life. That's my favorite one. And, and uh, 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 he loves me. Uh, uh, that's a great one. When Bob Smith, our pastor, was trying to get soul winning started in Baton Rouge, he knew the people wouldn't just go out and knock on a door. So he, he gave each team of people, he had an adult and no... No, he had two adults. They'd go out and he said, here's the 10 addresses. Walk up to the door. Put the chick track on their door. Just put it on their door. Don't knock. Don't say anything. Just put the chick track there. And then leave. Well, those people started reading those tracks. Some of them were getting under conviction. Some of them got saved. Now they're waiting out in the yard for the car to pull up with that team to give them the next one. It was 10 weeks in a row. Well, there was an older man in our church named Brother Rousey, hunchback. The only hunchback person I've ever seen in person beside when I was going to Notre Dame College. No, no. But the uh, uh, only hunchback person I'd ever seen. You know, you just don't see it much. But he was hunchback. He said, I can't walk very good, 
said, Mike, if you'll just ride my car and just put my gospel tracks on the door, I'd appreciate it. So here I am riding with Brother Rousey, hunchback, just trying to get the gospel out. What was that man doing? He was just sowing the seed. It was on Bremen Court off of Kilburn. Never forget it. Had a partner with me. A lady had visited our church. And I remember I was starting to go through the gospel and her husband was home. And he was a scorner. And I remember at the very beginning of the conversation, he goes, oh, uh, they're here to preach to you. Oh, all they want is your money. And and just just on and on. Oh, Billy Graham is here. And and it was just on and on. By the way, the reason you have a silent partner is to punch the other guy (laughs) in the the nose while you're witnessing. And please remove that from the internet. But so, so I'm starting to go through the gospel. And I said, so here's the first thing. We've all sinned. Now he's in the other room. Yes, she's sinned. She's sinned so much. She's the biggest. And he had a comment for everything I said. And I guess he thought he was funny. And, you know, all these comedians out of work. And he's, he, she's trying to be one. And then the second one, the pavement of sin. Yes, she's going to die. Everything I said, he had something funny and scornful to say about it. I got down to the end and I said, would you like to accept Christ? She said, I would. I said, well, I'll pray and I'll lead you in a prayer. I put my hand on the Bible. I will never forget this as long as I live. Her husband comes from out of the room and says, do you mind if I do that too? And he puts his hand on that Bible and prays to receive Christ. You know what it is? The seed. It's powerful. The scorner. It's powerful. It's like a, it's like a battering ram and, and no one can get to me. But this seed is powerful. Amen. It is powerful. Not only that, number two, it's got to be precious to you. He says, bearing precious seed. If it's not precious to you, you'll never make it precious to somebody else. It was Simon Peter talks about the precious word of God, the precious blood of Christ. It's got to be special to you. This is not just a book, it's the book. It is the book of books. The monarch of all books ever printed. Got to be precious to you. One of the sweetest things when my wife got home from the hospital, she's always had a prayer place in our house. And I don't sneak around and take notes and listen to what she's praying about. But she's organized. She's got a prayer book. It says, my enemies. My name's number one. <laughs> it's right there. <clears throat> but she's got a prayer book. She's got, she's got all these details, all the grandkids, all the kids and people and uh, city officials and sick people and church members. And Man, she's got it loaded up. But she's always, she's got that cup of coffee and that Bible open. And she's reading and reading and reading and marking, and reading. She didn't tell me to say this. She flew here. She went to see her Aunt Pat, who lost her husband uh, this past year. I said, well, what'd you do on the plane? She said, I read my Bible four and a half hours. I read it the entire trip back from Chicago. She loves that Bible. It's precious to her. When it gets precious to you, things are going to start happening. Some great things are going to start happening. I wasn't a perfect teenager. Uh, I wasn't the, uh, 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 the John the Baptist. But I know this. As a teenager, I started reading so much of the Bible. I didn't understand it all. 
but it was so much going into my heart and falling through my heart, it kept me out of a lot of trouble that others were getting into. The seed is powerful. It's got to be precious to you. Number three, you've got to take it in if you're going to give it out. Amen. That's why it's so important as a parent, you're going to be giving the word out, you better be taking it in. Uh, if you're in ministry, you cannot be giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, and not listening and taking something in. You've got to be so careful lest you give out more than you take in, and then you're a desert and you feel burned out. Sow it in your heart. Sow it in your kids' hearts. Sow it in your Sunday school class hearts. Sow it in the mission field. Sow it financially. Just sow the seed. Sow the seed when you're weary. Sow the seed when you're cheery. Sow the seed when it's dreary. Sow the seed when you're teary. Sow the seed when you have Siri. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on here. I think that just jumped in there. You want a happy life? Sow the seed. The greatest advice I got as a teenager was don't sow the seed here. Sow a lot of seed over there. That's the greatest advice I ever got. Life won't always be smooth, but it'll be happier because of decisions you made. I want to say this, keep on sowing when you don't see the results. Keep on sowing when you see little results. Keep on sowing when others around you quit. Keep on sowing when people change directions. Keep on sowing when you get old physically. I said old, fi- I said anyway. Uh, keep sowing the seed when others turn back. Keep sowing the seed when those you looked up to have backslidden. Keep sowing the seed when you feel like it. Keep sowing the seed when you don't feel like it. Keep sowing the seed when it's dark at night. Keep sowing the seed when it gets colder at night. Keep sowing the seed when loved ones move to heaven. Keep sowing the seed uh, when you're going through a dark valley. Keep sowing the seed when you're suffering physically. Just keep sowing the seed. You'll be glad that you did. As a teen, I was on a bus route when I was age 9th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. I was just trying to sow the seed. When I went to college, I had a friend named Jimmy Rabelais. I didn't know if he was saved. Show you how old this was. I got burdened for him at Bible college. I wasn't going to be home for maybe a year. I made a cassette recording of how to get saved. I said, Jimmy, this is Mike, your neighbor. I'm at Bible college. I don't know if you're saved. If you died today, went through the whole thing and mailed him a cassette. What was I doing? Just sowing the seed. Came back Christmas break. I said, I'd like to talk to you. He said, I got your cassette. I said, well, he said, I listened to the cassette. He said, I got saved because I listened to the cassette. Just sow the seed. As a public school teenager, I got to preach in rest homes. If you can preach in a rest home, you're a man of God. Tell you what, if you can put up with the smells, if you can put up with being bit by some of the patients, if you can, be put, uh, if you can put up with them every once in a while saying, Hitler's alive! And man, they're just way out there. Is this the Catholic service? I'm out of here. I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a zoo. Just keep sowing the seed. As a Bible college student, been out visiting all day Saturday in the ghetto neighborhoods of Chicago, just sowed the seed. 
When they had the soul winning bus, go on it Monday night and Tuesday afternoon, just sow the seed. When they needed a preacher on Friday nights in South Chicago, and I wasn't working, I got to preach in a church. I led the singing. I unlocked the door. I preached the service. I dealt with the converse. I walked the people forward. I did everything there. It wasn't anybody to help but me. What was I doing? Just sowing the seed. You want to sow the seed, and God will bless that. Why all the teen camps? 66. I'll be at a teen camp. Uh, uh, youth conference soon, Bob Gray the second. I'd hate to have that as my last name, the second. Bob, just be Bob. Well, my dad's name's Bob Gray. Won't you be like Bob Gray something else? He's 60. I look at him and I say, Bob, where's the young guy speaking at these conferences? This is an old people's conference. I saw Johnny Pope a while back. He's 73. I looked at him. I said, Johnny, what's wrong with this picture? We are the youth speakers. We're going to get up with a walker and a wheelchair and we're not going to know who we're speaking to. We're going to be babbling the same old thing. He said, I don't know. Tell you what, we're just trying to sow the seed. These mission trips through the years, going to Egypt, sneaking in a building, curtains closed because they had killed the pastor and they had run over his son, the assistant pastor, to try to shut that church down. Why did we go to those things? We were nuts. No, we were sowing the seed. India, just sowing the seed. Preaching at those places. My wife went. And my wife and I, we did this uh, anniversary, 40 years, 35, whatever it was. Maybe it's 60. And uh, so we did this Europe trip. We end up going to Dublin. And you're supposed to have fun on your vacation. I contacted a pastor. I said, when's your midweek service? He told me. He said, would you like to speak? I said, I'd love to speak. They hardly ever had speakers. We got to speak there. What were we doing? Sowing the seed in Ireland. We spoke in Athens. Guess who we spoke to? All the refugees fleeing Iran, fleeing those countries. They translated. Tons of those people got saved. We were just sowing the seed. You want to spend your life just sowing God's word and something good is going to happen. When I came on staff in Baton Rouge, we didn't have much of a teen group. We started fellowship at Christian athlete clubs in the public schools. They allowed us to do that. Here, never. There they did. What were we doing? Just sowing the seed. With a Bible study at LSU dormitory, the athletic dorm. I got to go in, got to meet the players. Got, uh, Shaq wasn't there yet, but I bought him his first basketball. I left it in that empty room. I said, dear Shaq, I know you'll be famous one day. Uh, please pass this on to LeBron when you're through. No, but brought those guys to church. Some of them got baptized. They played on national football on uh, 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 TV on Saturday night. They came to church at our church on Sunday. We were just trying to sow the seed. When my wife was hospitalized and they ended up at that sick funeral and got to speak, I knew I wouldn't get to do the whole service, but why speak just a few minutes? We were just sowing the seed. And when they said, and now Pastor Ray is going to read from the Holy Bible. That's the first time they'd probably ever heard the scriptures read. We're just sowing the seed. I wonder what Jesus did during his ministry. You ever think? He's walking down the seashore of Galilee. He said, hey, you, Peter, James, John, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He was sowing the seed. He goes to Jericho and says, Zacchaeus. Uh, come down now. I'm going to your house today. Sowing the seed. He preached. He was just, that's, that's all Jesus did was just sow the seed. 
our church here. I still remember the day, Brother Steve, you were in my car. We said, you know, there's no bus route in Vallejo. That the church had just kind of stayed right here in Napa. Didn't branch out much. We saw the Navy housing. Man, we need a bus there. We need to get that thing going. Someone needs to reach these people. And it was Angela Carranza got on the bus that first Sunday. What was it? We were just sowing the seed. And that route's been there all these years and now decades. And now it's, we used to ride the bus. Any of you that ever invite someone to church, you're going to meet someone. We used to ride the bus. We got a goldfish. We got a pond. We, we bashed the car at your church. I hope they never attend these other churches. They'll bring just a sledgehammer and start beating on someone's car. I still remember the first Sunday of the Fairfield bus route. We were sowing the seed. I still remember the day Brother Birdo came to me and he said, you know, I got this little curriculum going and man, I'm just burdened to reach the addicted in our city and I'm already trying to help some people individually and it's called TNT. And he developed this curriculum and Soon he adopted the RU and then the well. And you know what it was? Years of just sowing the seed. And then the jail ministry, sowing the seed. And the juvenile hall for years, sowing the seed. Then one day it was announced here, and I still remember seeing the mouths drop open. Next week. We are starting to visit in Oakland, California. We're starting a church. And I forgot to ask everybody. We just kind of announced it. And we need $10,000 for tracks. We need money to rent buildings. And Sure was sweet eating with the Shantigans the other night. He's been there 17 years. He said, let me tell you what's going on now. They're buying their own building. Finally, it's a miracle there. Right through the Webster, Webster tube. It's in technically Alameda. You know what they've been doing all these years? Just sowing the seed. Just kind of in their corner of Oakland, just sowing the seed, seeing people saved, seeing people come, seeing people baptized. That's what they've been doing. And then we had a ladies' conference. Why? We didn't have anything to do. No, we were just sowing the seed. Nationwide. And then uh, someone talked to Santa. Man, the men need it. Now there's a men's conference. We're just sowing the seed. And then uh, uh, missionaries. And then the Jose cartoon. Someone sent me this week. There's a guy who was my bus worker. And my bus route in Chicago named Lyle Cahill. He was in my wedding. He fell at work. He was a post office worker. Broke his back. He's got all these allergies. He can't smell perfume and this and that just makes him deathly ill. His wife has some type of an allergy reaction. So it looked like they were just going to get old and just have to watch church online the rest of their life. I sent him that Jose cartoon. I said, look what God's just done. He just fell in love with it. I mean, you know, he loves Jesus, John the Baptist, and Jose. I mean, I mean, he is, he is eat up with the Jose cartoon. He has a flip phone, doesn't even have an iPhone, doesn't have internet service. I mean, ancient. I mean, ancient. I think he still has one of those dial-up phones or something. I don't know. He's probably listening to this, Lyle. I'm just kidding. 
Lau looked up every Baptist church in America to get their email address so he could send them the Jose cartoon. He spent hours doing that. They now have a booth at their fair with the Jose cartoon. He's running them off. Any guest speaker that comes to their church, he loads them up with the Jose cartoon. He sent me a, a, a newsletter from a missionary. He said, we're evangelizing the Spanish in Chicago. And he named the area. Guess what the area was? North Chicago off Dan Ryan Expressway where my bus route was. Now this guy is evangelizing the area where my bus kids, kids and grandkids would now be living. And guess what he's doing? The evangelist said, we're using the Jose Gospel cartoon all throughout this area of Chicago. I said, look at that. You know what's going on? We just sold some seed. And guess what's happening? Some crops are coming up. There's some people that have been reached through the efforts There's been lives that have been changed. There's been souls that have been saved. There's people now up in heaven. There's some missionaries out there. There's some staff out there. Why? Because someone sowed some seed. Amen. Now here's the whole principle. We're out of time. Look, there it is. Yep, time's up. That's Brother Chris, your husband. Time's up. I don't know if he meant his time's up. I was just kidding. No, he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. Here's the principle. You ready? Here's the condition. So here's the thoughts. Stop sowing in the wrong field. Amen. Number two. Stop being discouraged or mad at God if the wrong crop's coming up. You sowed it. Amen. Get busy sowing as much over here as you can. Here was my wife in the hospital, had just enough strength to say, Sir, please get you the cartoon and the track. She was sowing the seed to every nurse, every surgeon, every doctor, every janitor. Her goal was no one comes through the door who doesn't get the gospel. She was just sowing the seed. Have we seen the crop yet? No, but it's coming up. It's coming up. Here's the promise. Here's God's promise. If, here's the condition. Ye faint not. Be not weary in well-doing. In due season ye shall reap. That's God promising you. You're going to reap the good. You're going to reap it. The good. But you can't quit. You don't want to be quit. When that good crop comes up, (laughs) you want to be here to see. I guarantee, how many times has this happened? You worked on someone, worked on somebody, worked on someone, begged them to come. They never came to church. The one week you're sick, they showed up. (laughs) You kind of know what I'm talking about. It's like, I can't believe I worked on them forever and they made it. If you think not. That's God sowing and reaping right there. So keep on sowing. Keep on sowing. You might not be able to sow as fast as you used to, but you can keep sowing. There's something you can sow. God's word, there's some way you can sow it. Let's keep sowing.